Today's guest describes herself as a fairly new weaver fiber artist who came to weaving after crocheting scarves, cowls, washcloths, and the occasional baby blanket for a number of years. While still employed full-time at a local college, she would participate in about five to seven local craft shows each year. She noticed more and more crafters making similar items, so she thought, what isn't being represented? Pottery and weaving were a couple of avenues to explore. She ruled out pottery as it is messy and expensive and breakable, but she had been inspired by some scarves she had seen on Pinterest woven by the barefoot weaver. She she decided that weaving was the answer. Hey, she already had yarn. At the end of December 2015, she retired from the college and started the next chapter in her crafting journey. After some research comparing various looms and manufacturers, she purchased her first loom, a 16-inch Ashford rigid head loom in August of 2016, and down the rabbit hole she went. You can find pictures of some of her beautiful hand-woven items on her Instagram and Facebook accounts under the name Busy as a Bee which is also the name of her home base studio where she creates unique hand-woven scarves, hand towels, table runners, as well as an occasional washcloth. I am so excited to welcome Doris Strand of Kewanee, Illinois to our podcast. Doris, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me this evening. Thank you, Amy. It's a real honor to be visiting with you. Definitely. Well, thank you again. Well, Let's just get into it. You have, um, you've had a really interesting um, time as a fiber artist. It seems like you were doing a lot of fiber crafting even before you started weaving. So can you tell us a little bit about your life before weaving? And um, you, you said that you, you kind of came to weaving practically um, while looking at, you know, what was missing in your in in the sales of the of the craft sales can you tell us a little bit about that decision of choosing weaving sure i can um i'd be delighted i um i was having problems um while crocheting i would get all tense and my my neck and my shoulders i would i would just get really really tense and I would have a habit of sitting and crocheting while watching NASCAR races on a Sunday. And my husband would laugh at me and he goes, the faster the cars go, the faster you're going. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I would, um, I'd push myself and I would end up with um, a stiff neck, stiff shoulders. And I knew that my body was um, taking a toll for my, my craft. And I knew that that was something that I was going to have to address. And that, in addition to having more and more people at the craft shows doing similar things to what I was doing, I thought, you know, it's it's time for me to look around and see what my options are. And at that same time, I had um, started looking at Pinterest and... Um, ran across the barefoot weaver and she was making beautiful, beautiful scarves. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if I can't do that. And I did my homework and 
I decided that um, weaving was not being um, brought to craft shows in my area. And I thought that this might be something that I look into and it, it piqued my interest. And I thought, yes, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really look into this and find out if, if it's something for me to do. And I did and um, did my homework. And I, I had long discussions with my husband about it. And I said, um, you know what, honey, I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to buy a loom. And he, he looked at me and he goes, we have an 800 square foot house. Where are you going to put a loom? It's not going in my garage. Now, mind you, his garage is three times the size of our house. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, um... No, honey, I'm going to buy a little loom. I'm going to buy something that can go to the craft shows with me. Because while I was going to craft shows, I was sitting and crocheting. And, and I found that it brought people into the booth. Even if they weren't going to buy anything, it was bringing them in. It was, they were showing interest in a craft. And I felt that was very important. And so I, I wanted my loom to be portable. I wanted it to um, go with me to craft shows so I could share what I was doing. And I felt it was important. And I think that you have that same feeling. Um, so when I started looking at looms, um, I ran across the three major ones, the, the shocked, the Kromsky and the Ashford. And what drew me to the Ashford was a particular um, story that I read. A lady had been doing um, weaving classes for over 20 years with her Ashfords. And I thought, you know, if they're holding up to new students for that amount of years, it's a sturdy loom. And I liked what I saw and I took a plunge and I bought one. And wow. I based my size on the fact, not only did I want it to be portable, what I was doing was scarves, and I knew I wanted to do, eventually I wanted to do hand towels. They always fascinated me. And I felt that a 16-inch was going to give me the width that I needed, and it wasn't going to be too cumbersome. I read um, reviews that 24s and then into the next size, what, the, the 36s? 32. The 32s. 32. Yeah. Um, they could be a little bit big and awkward. And I wanted it easily portable. And this 16-inch has just been a little workhorse for me. Um, I've done baby blankets on it, Amy. I've done it. In, wow. I've done it in three panels and stitched the panels together, but I've done baby blankets on a 16-inch rigid head loom. So, uh -huh. um, I have got nothing but wonderful things to say about the Ashford, and um, and the rigid heddle. I've had before I even bought it. I had. Um, I don't come from an area with a lot of weavers. And 
the weavers that I did know were floor loom weavers, multi uh-huh. harness weavers. Oh, you need a real loom. You don't need a rigid heddle. You're not going to be satisfied with that. And <laughs> I know you've run into that as well. Rigid heddles uh, are not, <laughs> they're yes. not real looms, but oh yes, they are. And they can produce some beautiful, beautiful pieces. And um, people are very amazed when they come in my shop and see my inventory hanging there and they realize it came off that rigid heddle I was sitting in the corner weaving on. So, that is so true. Um, and and my, um, my weaving style, I absolutely adore plain weave, the tabby weave. I don't need to do a lot of weave patterns I don't want to. With the pickup sticks and the multi-harness, the, the double harness, I'm very, very happy with producing texture and color just by using um, different yarns and different textures of yarns in the warp and the weft because that's showcasing the yarn, and I think that's important. I don't... I want, I want the yarn to stand out. I don't want somebody to look at it and, and see a structure. I, I want the yarn to be showcased. And that is why I stick with my tabby weave. Hmm. Wow. There's so much to unpack with, with what you said. So I love that you did so much research. It seems like, um, you were like made for weaving uh, because it's, it's, it is a, a thoughtful craft and you have to do a lot of planning beforehand. At least sometimes you do. There are some people like me who can tend to fly by the seat of their pants and kind of make it up as they go. But the, it, you, <laughs> that, that can be fun. That can be fun. But, but planning is, is a good um, tendency to have with weaving. But I want to swing back a little bit um, with what you were saying earlier about when you were crocheting, versus how when it was when you were weaving i'm guessing you were trying you were doing production crocheting that is you were trying to crochet a lot to have to take to your your shows is that what it was that you were doing or just in general you were finding that it was stressing you out i think a little bit of both because when i weave even though each piece is unique i and I hate to say that I'm a production weaver because each piece is unique. I'm not, each piece has its own warp. Each piece has been thought out, but I'm trying to get my inventory up for shop. Um, sure. So in, in one aspect, I'm a production weaver, even though no two pieces are the same. Um, it's, it's just a slower, more, um, more meditative process and and it's how you're holding your body and uh-huh. it, it's just yeah it's it's not zoom 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 pushing that hook through the next loop and it's it's just the slow meditative process that just calms your body it really does. 
Definitely, definitely. I think that the muscles, like I've had people in my classes that can't crochet or knit because it uses different muscles, I guess more of the finer motor skills that are able to weave and weave, um, they'll sit and weave a three hour class and say that they don't hurt at all. So I think it maybe uses different muscles and such. But I find it, um, I find it really cool that you know, you were you were crocheting in there, and that brought people. But when you were weaving in your um, at your you know your area when you're selling things, that brings people too. Do you find that people are more intrigued by your weaving than they were with your crocheting, or is it about the same? Oh heavens, no! They are so intrigued by weaving, and they'll stand. They'll come up to me and say. Oh, my, my grandma, oh, my aunt, oh, my this, oh, my that, used to have a loom, and I watched her, and, and kids, this is how cloth used to be made, and they're, they just stand there and, and watch, and, and it's all ages, it's, it's old men, it's, it's little tiny kids, and they're just fascinated by the process and when I am um, working in the shop and I know that you've noticed this yourself um, you you get people that are interested and then you get people that are just standing there and watching but you can tell the level the level of interest that that they're standing there with and I've sat little kids down at my loom in the shop in Bishop Hill. They'll stand there and I say, do you want to try it? And their faces light up. There is, it's so amazing. It, it just brings this glow. I just feel so good. And, and they'll go, oh, really, can I? And I'll say, sure. Uh -huh. And I'll sit them down and they'll throw, I don't know, five, six picks um, both sides and and they're just so happy that I allowed them to to do something like this it gives them a feeling of accomplishment and I've had the parents stand there and then ask me questions about where I got my loom and and what type of a loom it is and I know that they're gonna follow up in some cases and that little kid is gonna be blessed with a loom at some point in their lives if, if that's what their parents you know are able yeah, to do yeah. so yeah no, I, I don't that. yeah it just makes me Double feel on. so good to be able to share Definitely. that craft so Definitely. Um, I mean I think that like I've, I've seen that too that when you have kids especially when the parents are there to see their kids doing it because so many times and it's not all kids and not, it's not all the time but uh, kids spend a lot of time on electronic devices you know playing games and there's not really that much output from it but you know when they're able to sit down and um, see something come of what they've done for you know five or so minutes I think that it's um it's a different feeling that you know unfortunately this generation of kids don't doesn't get an opportunity to experience like you know kids years ago or kids in other countries that are not as plagued with um 
an overuse of, of electronic devices sometimes. And don't get me wrong, my husband and I, we, we are, we are totally our, our, my main business is tech. That's what we do. Um, that's what pays my bills right now. But, um, but no, I think it is so, so enchanting to see little kids, especially, um, fall in love with the loom. So you have, so you have been weaving for just over two years or so, right? Or no, it's going on three, right? Or about how long? You tell me. I started weaving August of 16. So I've been weaving about three and a half years. Um, yeah, just, wow. just over three years. Yeah. So it's, so have you gone back and forth between your crocheting and weaving or did you just kind of just jump, jump straight into weaving and you just haven't looked back as yet? The only crocheting I do, Amy, is, um, and when I did crochet, the, the majority of my crochet was Tunisian crocheting with the Afghan hook. I will, um, every so often I'll do a batch of um, washcloths for the shop or take to craft shows. It's very rare. Um, I find that it's easier to crochet um, washcloths than it is to weave them for some reason. I don't know what it is, but... I don't know if it's the size, um, but a crocheted washcloth, Tunisian crocheted, is very, very sturdy, and and I like that. So that's that's the only crocheting I'm doing. Hmm. Hmm. I'll be honest. I've never tried to weave. Um, I haven't woven too many house goods. That's that's something I'm. I want to try in the next year to to weave with thinner threads speaking of which just yarn i love sarah over at um just yarn <laughs> and she has such a scrumptious um mix of yarns that she has over there and it seems you you use a lot of her her yarns how'd you find out about sarah and um and the the yarns because like every other post i was looking at is like um you know the duet yarn or, or another one or, or a wool blend or something like that so tell tell me about that yes because you seem very loyal oh i am extremely loyal to sarah and her girls over there um i was um when i started weaving i like i said in the intro i had yarn stash and so I was using a lot of my, um, my backlog of, of yarns and buying them out of Joanne Fabric and Michael's um, craft stores. And then I became a yarn snob. And <laughs> I, um, I ran across um, a yarn shop in um, a town about an hour from here and she had Malabrigo. And I absolutely fell in love with Malabrigo. And I was starting to establish myself as, um, I, I was starting to sell my, my products and I was able to buy a little bit nicer yarns. And I liked the fact that um, I wasn't buying um, acrylics and nylons. I was trying more and more to buy natural fiber yarns. I, I just loved the feel of them. I felt it was better for our environment. And so I was trying to buy more. And my little, dear little shop closed. And I was devastated. Oh no. And then I, um, I was also at the same time using a, a shop out of a, a town 
45 minutes in the other direction from me and she just recently closed and now I have one shop that is 45 minutes in another direction from me and I do um, occasionally go and buy yarn from her um, she's a nice little yarn shop uh, fiber universe in Peoria Illinois and that's the closest yarn shop um, I take that back there's there's a couple about about 45 minutes in another direction um, and I just don't get there and I had noticed a Facebook advertisement started popping up for Sarah's shop and just yarn and I thought what in the world is this and so I went I, it was shortly after she opened her shop in 17 I think she opened November of 17 and I went to her ads and, and looked at her website and I was just I really liked what she had to offer and I remember the first yarn I bought from her I I bought it in July of 18 and it was I was wanting to do I don't even know why I why I bought these because it was a tapestry rug wool in Dove and an 8-8 unmercerized brassard cotton in light gray. I don't know what I thought I was going to do with this <laughs> because um, I guess I was going to use the cotton as my warp and weave something with the tapestry rug wool, but I don't know what it was. Wait, now, isn't that that first, is that the first um, picture on your Instagram account? Like, it's like a, a thick, a thick um, table runner. Is, is that what it is? Is that the picture of it? Might have been. I don't remember. It, it very well could have been. And I, I was wanting to weave hand towels in the worst way, in the worst way. And I had seen um, hand towels from Liz Gibson, and I'd bought a couple books from Liz, and I had I had um, had email conversations with Liz, and I had run across the podcast from Sign Mitchell, um, Weavecast. She's no longer doing podcasts, but I had had email conversations with her, and I wanted to do hand towels in the worst way, and this cotton just was not working for me. But then I started, um, and, and I am a very tactile person. I, I have problems buying yarn online unless I've at some point touched it and looked at it. I need to see and hold it in my own hands to know if, it, if it's something that I want to work with. Mm -hmm. And... Uh -huh. So I took a plunge with, with Sarah and her yarn, and I have absolutely fallen in love with her stuff. And then she came out with the duet. I mean, when she, when she started promoting that duet yarn, I thought, this is, this is my hand towels. This is going to be my hand towels. And up until that point, I had been doing everything on a 7.5 heddle. Um, Dent Heddle, ah. an EPI, and she uh -huh. indicated that this new duet was going to have to be at least a 12.5, and I contacted the yarn shop down in Peoria, 
because she handles some Ashford stuff and she had a 12.5 and I said I'm buying it I know that I want to do hand towels I don't have the yarn it's not going to be out for months and months but I do know that this is the next step in my journey um, I've I'll never forget the um, the day that I discovered sleigh charts Oh, and enlighten me. I have no idea. I've never heard of that before. So this is, I'm interested. Tell me. Slay chart. S-L-E-Y. Look it up, uh-huh. print it off, and use it. It's when you have a fiber that is finer than what your heddle should be. So like I said, I was using a 7.5 heddle. And I bought that cotton linen, Italian cotton linen from, from Sarah at Gist. And it was way too fine. If I had to put it through a 7.5 heddle, warping it um, as you would, I would have ended up with cheesecloth. Uh-huh. And a sleigh chart tells you at what how at what sequence you need to slay your your warp. So Ah, okay. Yes. Gotcha. So like you put more in one and then a few less in the other and, and you'll get the right um, amount. or the That's interesting. Oh, it, it just opened up this whole world. And I had um, come home from work with a cone of really, really fine um, yarn. And that was my first experiment with a sleigh chart. I, this, this yarn was free to me and if it didn't work, it didn't work. And I've used, I've used a sequence um, where I slay my slots twice and my holes once and then my, my weft is a single. When I weave with the Italian cotton linen on a 7.5, the fabric is absolutely awesome. That is so, I'm, that is so interesting. I hate. I'm. I'm just. I'm. That I'm. I'm actually intrigued by that because I have a lot of super fine yarns, and I'm. I was planning just to go ahead and buy a twelve and a fifteen dent um, heddle, which I probably still will. But you're saying that because I've seen some of the things that you um, have woven. You aren't using a twelve or a fifteen. Well, I know the newer things you probably are, but for some of the older things, you were using this the slate chart. Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah. Until I I got the duet yarn, um, and it's only with the duet yarn that I use my twelve point five heddle. So when I'm weaving, um, there's a couple of uh, pictures on Instagram. One was a uh, like a garnet colored scarf. I was wearing a garnet colored scarf, and uh-huh. another one is a blue and tan scarf. Both of those are the Italian cotton linen on the 7.5, and I've just played with warp structure. That is very interesting. I'm not that afraid. Is very interesting. I'm not afraid to play outside the box and try things. Uh-huh. And because as a weaver, I never had formal training. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel that, um, 
I have to follow rules. If it works uh-huh. for me, it works for me. And sometimes that, like I said, I'm still doing tabby weave, but because of the weave structure, because of the warp and weft that I, I do, sometimes it's, it's producing something absolutely phenomenal in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think when I was looking through through your Instagram and looking at some of your your posts, I saw you mention the slate chart, and I saw you kind of say that you you'd warp one this and the other that, and I and I saw the result. And um, now that you've explained it, I'm just like, wow, I've got to try that. That is that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, and I and I find it's funny that you're you're going outside of the box may not be like someone else is going outside of the box, but nevertheless. Um, it's inspiring to me, just like when I see um, someone do something crazy or, or um, you know, unique with big, bulky yarn. Yes, that's... Yeah, and the mallow yarn that I buy from Sarah, from Just, um, mm-hmm. I use a 7.5 with that, and then I, I, double, I double slay it, I double warp it, and so... As I'm going along, um, I take the Italian cotton linen that is finer, Mm -hmm. and I'm warping with that as well. And so then when you're pulling through your your slots and your holes to finish warping it, I'm doing it randomly. And so that Mm -hmm. is producing Mm -hmm. beautiful color across... And then when I weave, I'm weaving with um, the weft is the mallow. But, but because I'm warping with two different textures, I was kind of hesitant. I didn't know how they were going to play together once they were washed. But the texture has, I've been very, very pleased with it. So I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I, I, I really have, as I was looking through, you know, some of the things that you've made, that is what I see. I did notice that, that even though, you know, you're doing plain weave, you do do a lot with color and stripes and texture and it's subtle, but I think that, you know, even, um, sometimes we think that you have to be creative by, you know, pushing, pushing the envelope, um, you know, in in a way that's very obvious but i think that your work represents that um you can do subtle things in weaving that are noticeable maybe noticeable to other weavers but i think that even your clients probably can even if they can't articulate what you've done they can see that hmm, this is different this is not what i'm going to find at you know the local um even the local nicer store whatever it is in their area and when i'm in the shop and people are watching me weave, and they they say, "Well, um, well, what are you weaving with?" And I try and keep some of my yarn right there with me, or a finished product that is a comparable that I'm weaving. So it's sitting right there next to me, or I'll get up and I'll take them across the shop to where my corner is, where my inventory is hanging. And I'll say, well, this, for example, is is alpaca. Now, I want you to feel the difference between this alpaca and this sock yarn. Can you tell the difference? And this is wool 
but it's not the wool that you would expect wool to feel like. It's not scratchy. It's it's um, a long fiber staple, and and um, you should be able to tell the difference. And this has a little bit of linen in it, and this is a cotton linen blend. And I I stand there with them at my at my inventory and I explain the different fabrics as they um, finish and they're they're very um, appreciative of the information. I'm sure I mean you know when how often do you actually are you actually able to see how something's made from such a you know a granular level you know of the thread coming together to make a, a towel and I think that you know what you're doing is is genius from the time that you were doing it when you were crocheting as well as the time you know what you're doing now with with weaving you know when you're when you are presenting in your shop it helps people to appreciate um, and understand you know the value that you put on whatever it is that you make you know I know that there are some people that don't quite understand why handmade goods are more expensive than something you might find at a local box store but I I would guess that you sitting there and them seeing the process can help them to better understand the value of a handmade um, piece is that some of what why you do that or or is it also to keep yourself busy while you're there um, it's a little bit of both. Um, when I'm, when I'm in the shop, I am the sole, I'm almost always the sole, um, sales clerk. A lot of times I'm there by myself. The weaving, I'm allowed to do the weaving. It's, um, it's a way to show people, um, a little bit of how things were done because Bishop Hill is, um, a little tiny village it's a Swedish settlement and there's a lot of shops where there are crafters and um, one of the shop owners uh, one of the business owners of the shop I work in he's a broom maker and so when he's there he is making brooms his wife is um, a rug hooker primitive rug hooker and they're both very um, knowledgeable about fiber arts. We have three union rug looms in the shop and the business manager when she's there she's weaving rugs on one of the three union looms. So we like to um, demonstrate a craft while we're there and um, it just it brings people back. Before I started working there, March of uh, 2017, they had a resident potter, and he left December of 16, and I got the opportunity to start working in the shop, and it's just been a godsend. It, it has been a very, very good fit for me. And people still come in and say, oh, where's the potter? But it's... It's something that draws people into the shop to be able to see how things are made. And it, it just, I don't know, it adds that extra special touch. And we have people from all over the world that come to visit Bishop Hill because it is a historic site. Wow, that's pretty cool. Well, Doris, tell me, what would 
what would you say to you have you have so many um such a diverse background of knowledge in this the time that you've been since you started weaving what would you say to a person who is new to weaving maybe a, a crocheter um like yourself who um has been thinking about you know starting weaving um or adding that to their fiber crafts what words of advice do you have for them i would say if you can afford a loom do your homework, figure out what kind of loom you want, and do it. I, I have nothing but wonderful things to say about weaving. It's, it's just opened up a world. Fiber artists are very open. They're very friendly. You'll be able to... Um, Everybody that has any knowledge about weaving will want to help. There, some artists don't want to share their techniques because they feel that you're going to take away from what they produce. I've not found that in the fiber world. They all want to share and they want to teach. And it's a very welcoming, warm atmosphere and if you can get your hands on a loom and it's something that you think that you're interested in doing go for it wow that's great advice well miss doris it has been a, a pleasure talking with you today and i am looking forward to seeing all the other things that you're going to come up with thank you so much for being with me on the show okay thank you amy i appreciate the time oh you're welcome